please, and open your Bibles to the book of Micah. And that's page 1209 in my Bible, if that helps you at all. Amen. But it's in the Old Testament. It's one of those small little things. And uh, I'd like everybody to look at this. Hopefully you have your Bible tonight. Amen. I want to encourage you to have a Bible in church. Amen. That's a good thing to bring. You wouldn't go eat without a fork, would you? All right. So a Bible is a good thing to have in church to make sure that I'm telling the truth. So you can look at it. Amen. And uh, as we look at this, Micah chapter uh, 6, I want you to open it up and I'll read a crazy, sorry, chapter 5, I want to read a crazy story. And uh, I want you to think about the Christmas journey that we're on tonight. And here's what I want to bring out to you in just a moment, is that here we are eight days away from Christmas, correct? Tomorrow, next week would be Christmas Eve. And what I want to do tonight is get you to think about something that as we're eight days away from that date of Christmas, celebrating Jesus' birth, doesn't matter when he, when he really was born. Amen? What are we pointing at? What's the date today? Tomorrow's Thursday, right? Isn't Christmas Eve on a Thursday? Okay. Week from tomorrow is Christmas Eve, yeah. Yeah, not Christmas Day itself, but Christmas Eve, sorry, leading into it. So as we get ready to come to this, this time, here we are seven days away, eight days away, I should say, from Christmas Eve, the day leading in. And we know it's the day we celebrate. Again, people will argue and say it's not the 25th and where did that come from? And it really doesn't matter. That's the day we celebrate. So eight days, seven, eight, seven or eight days before the actual birth of Jesus Christ, as we're a week away, I want you to understand that tonight, let's just picture this, tonight... Mary and Joseph set out on the trip tonight. I began to think this week of, you know, we we hear a story and we read a story. It's kind of like when you see that video. We see that video and that video is like, wow, that's a great video, man. That's amazing. It's anointed. There's a a spirit on it. There's a power on that. And we we just watch it. It was five minutes long. And we go, man, what a great video. That was five minutes. And we don't realize that that video took hours and hours and hours to, to make. Amen, Chris? Hours to make. And how many have ever made something? You know, it's like, I know that that's why cooking's not so popular nowadays. Amen? I know that's why a lot of people don't like to cook. I know that, you know, especially women, they, they, they slave over that oven for hours and hours and hours, especially Thanksgiving and Christmas, sometimes days. And then we get to the table, and it's gone in 30 minutes. Right? It's gone. And so we have a way of seeing something done that didn't really cost us anything and appreciating it, right? I I am remodeling my shower repentatively, amen. We changed it to where I could, you know, I can't fit in that thing very well. So I'm blessed to be able to do a lot of construction myself. So I'm remodeling my shower as a gift to my wife, amen. And we're making it a little bit bigger, And thank God I can do all the labor so it doesn't cost much to do it. The problem is, is doing the labor. So when you walk into a shower, okay, and you are going to take a shower and you see the tile and you see the fixtures and you see the doors and you see all that stuff and you just take a shower, you think, wow, it's a pretty shower. You have no idea what the work is that has gone into a shower to take a shower. No idea. And you add to the fact that it's a custom shower. I mean, it's a little bit bigger than the normal one that you just stand and they have those what they call shower pans. And I actually wasn't going to mention this, but it's, it's leading into what I'm trying to say. 
you know, the little normal 24 by 24, 36 by 36, they, sh- they sell those, although they're very expensive. And then you just put the tile up the walls, and so you don't have to worry about that. But when you do it at custom size, you have to go down all the way to the ground. You have to pull up all the old stuff. You have to reset all the two-by-sixes. You have to refortify everything. You have to redo the plumbing. Then you have to put a, 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 a subfloor. Then you have to put cement on top of that. Then you have to put plastic. Then you have to put cement on top of that. Then you start doing the tile. Does that wear you out? Yeah, that's how, where I've been, amen? But the idea is we walk into a shower and we take a shower and we have no idea all the work that went in to that shower to take a shower. Same thing with the house you live in and the church we're sitting in tonight and all the things that go into things, we don't really realize what's put into it. And so we hear the story of the manger and we hear the story of the swaddling clothes. And we hear the story of the baby born there. And we don't ever realize the story of the journey and all the work that was put in to get Jesus to that place. I've never thought about this before. I love it when the Lord gives me new things. So here we are a week away, eight days away from actual Christmas and if we go back 2015 years, I like to do that. I like to go back. I like to put myself in other people's shoes. I like to get a feeling of what, what they were going through. So just for a couple minutes, I want to give you a little bit of the journey. And so here we are eight days away. And I want you to picture that if any of you are going to travel to anywhere, it doesn't even matter if you're going out of town or if you're traveling like, like some will go to Louisville or Flowerman or somewhere even in the Metroplex. If you're traveling, I want you to picture right now that if you're going to that place, wherever you already have established to have Christmas, that you're starting tonight your journey. Meaning it's going to take you eight days to get there. There's no cars. There's no uh, normal things like we have today. And so you'd have to leave tonight after service to get to where you're going to celebrate Christmas next week. That's what they had to do. Y'all with me? That's a long time. And so I started thinking, let's talk a little bit about the week before Jesus ever got to that manger. But I want to show you a prophecy that's really awesome. I love prophecy in the book of Micah, chapter 5, if you're there. In verse 2, say amen. And we're going to see a prophecy of Jesus. It says, but you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth are from of old, from everlasting. Therefore he shall give them up until the time that she who is in labor has given birth. And then the remnant of his brethren shall return to the children of Israel, and he shall stand and feed his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God, And they shall abide for now. He shall be great to the ends of the earth. And this one shall be peace. Father, thank you for your word for the next couple minutes tonight. Anoint it. Speak to us. Challenge us. Comfort us. And Lord, let us understand a little bit about the journey of the salvation that has come to our lives tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Isn't that awesome? All the way back in Micah. Now, if you don't know history of the Bible or the story, Jesus was born in Bethlehem, but he was not from Bethlehem. 
Okay? Jesus came with Mary and Joseph in her stomach from Nazareth. Okay? It was a tra- there, was a, there was a census, and I want you to go. Actually, I want to, I want to just, you want, you want you to think about this just for a second before we shoot over there. Just about how amazing that prophecy is that there's, there's a great distance of 90 miles, 80 to 90 miles between Nazareth and Bethlehem. Now, for us today, 80 to 90 miles is nothing because we have a car, and a car can go 60, 70 miles an hour in the speed limit, and you can get there in an hour, hour and a half. Some people will travel that far on Christmas. Some people travel that far to commute. But if you were to think of that 90 miles today, in their time, it'd be, it'd be 1,000. It'd be a long trek. And so they had to go a long ways, and, and even though they were in a different time, that distance still had to be traveled. The journey still had to happen. Amen? And God established that it would happen in Bethlehem. And he had a whole plan. And again, I want you to think as I'm talking, just for a few minutes on this Wednesday night, that as I'm talking and you're listening to the story of, 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 this, of this great, great story, that you today are part of it. It's not a story from a history book. It's a story that's still going on. And we are part of it tonight. And we are part of it tonight. We are characters in this life play, amen? And we are on the journey too. And just as the innkeeper and Joseph and Mary and Simeon and Herod and the shepherds had a part that they had to play for this to happen, you and I have a part tonight that we have to play for it to continue to happen and for people to continue to know Jesus and for us to ultimately one day stand before God and get that reward that he wants for us because I believe tonight that as we're watching that video, they're watching us from heaven. I believe they're looking down on us and they're watching the story unfold with us tonight. And they're saying, man, look at them. Look at Brian. Look at Robert. Look at Martha. Look at Destiny. Look at Franca. They're moving. They're doing. They're working. They're part of this thing. I believe they're watching a video up there tonight of us as we're on our journey to Christmas. It's not a story. Amen? It's not, it's, it's not just a story, I should say. It is a story. But it's not a story from the, from the books of old that that's over and that died. We know that the story is more alive today than it's ever been. And it's our job to keep Christmas alive. Amen? That's why we say Merry Christmas. That's why we keep Jesus as the reason for the season. Because we have to keep Jesus alive. The world wants to kill him. But guess what? That's nothing new. They wanted to kill him when he was born too. Herod wanted to take him out. It's nothing new. It's the same thing. And it's our job tonight to keep Jesus alive. Now go to the New Testament with me. I just really felt led to show you that in the Old Testament. One of the many prophecies. But how, how amazing that Micah would write that thing about Bethlehem way, way ahead of time. And, and the fact that he was not, you know, someone might have read that in, in that time. And I want you to think about something. I'm, I'm not trying to be all over the place, but Simeon, if you know anything about them, we'll read about him in just a second, but I'm going to get ahead of it. Simeon was a man of God who was watching for Jesus. He did not know who Jesus was going to be. And if you listen to that part of the video, I know it was in the beginning, and you didn't really know where it was going, but Simeon was saying, I have waited for this all my life. Simeon was old. And when Jesus was born, they took him to, still to the temple still there in where he was born, and Simeon blessed Jesus as a, as a devout man of God looking for the promise. He was a Jew of all Jews, and he recognized, listen, he was the first Jew to recognize Jesus was the Messiah. 
He was the predecessor of all the Jews since then who have come to Christ like Jeff and like Nev that comes and all these people who were born of that, of that origin or of that religion, born of that descendant, descendancy, and they, and they came and they said, Jesus is the Messiah. Simeon was the first one. And he recognized who Jesus was and he blessed him. And so it's amazing because it, you can imagine that as Simeon was reading this story, he knew from the book of Micah that Simeon was going to be born, sorry, that Jesus was going to be born in Bethlehem. So if he had even heard a story of Jesus or of the virgin birth or of her being pregnant or any of those things, it would have been way off in Nazareth. And they said, no, that's not it. That can't be it because he's in Nazareth and, and he needs to be born in Bethlehem. So they knew as soon as something happened in Bethlehem. Do y'all realize that tonight? That the journey fulfilled is what caused Simeon to know that was Jesus. If somebody would have came from Judea or, 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 or Jericho or, or even Jerusalem and said, this is, the, this is the baby Jesus, this is the king of kings, they would have said, no, it's not. Because Micah said he would be born in Bethlehem. So it's a major, major prophecy there. Now we go to the book of Luke, chapter uh, 1, or is it 2? Yes, Luke chapter 2. In verse 1, give me an amen when you're there. Sorry, verse 8. Now, there were in the same country shepherds. I'm going to read just exactly a little bit of what was in that video. Living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. And the angel said, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior. Now watch, this is interesting. Look at, look at what Pastor Andrew said at the offering. Who is Christ the Lord? Who is Christ the Lord? Look at that. Let me back up. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a what? Savior. Who is Christ the Lord, so that he be your Savior and your Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said, Now let's go to Bethlehem. And see this thing has come to pass. And see the word Bethlehem there. See this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they made with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, capital H, they made widely known this saying, which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at these things, which were told by them, told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. I imagine that nobody had a harder time believing and understanding Jesus was who he was but Mary. Can you imagine giving birth to God? I mean, all you women that have given birth to babies, it's crazy enough to give birth to the miracle that is a baby. But to somehow have to, have to, have to understand this is God. And as I was praying tonight, I was thinking again. I, I, I marvel at this over and over again. I never stop marveling at this story. 
Because I was even thinking in prayer tonight, as we, as we again, the, what you want to try to do is get in this story. You don't want to just, oh, that sounds cool. You want to get in it. Right. You want to really believe it. And I'm listening to, I'm thinking about the story, and I, and I had a thought. As God came down to this earth, we know he was God in heaven. We know he made us, and he knew us, and he formed us, and all those things that we know. But do you realize that God had never been human? God had never been human before. I'm just, I'm just trying to figure, I'm just trying to think how that would be. Because he had been God. But now he's God in a human body. And although he made us, he had never been in it. What a miracle. I was telling a friend of mine today, I believe with all my heart the Bible is exactly what the Bible says it is. And it's true and it's word by word and all that. I said, but even if the Bible wasn't true, this is the greatest story ever told. Don't you think? It's the greatest story ever told. Amen. Who agrees with me? There's no greater story than this Christmas story. Nothing beats it. And if it, was, if it was fake, it's the best fake story ever. But that God would come out of heaven and be born into a human body from a human woman. Crazy. So Mary's like, I can't, I can't follow this. And so we, we go on to see the story. And I'm going to read just down to 25, if you would, just the mention of Simeon there, so you know that, that it's there. It says, And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of law, he took him up in his arms, blessed God, and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your what? Word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the faces of all peoples, alike to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. Amen? Now what I want to close with tonight is I want to close with the thought of the journey. We see what happened. We read this story. We go, finished product. Wow, that's amazing. They, they, they traveled. We could read that in, in Luke, or sorry, Matthew chapter 1. You can read that. You can read it here in Luke of how they traveled. And actually going up in the earlier verses, 2, two verses 1 through 7, you see the story of them saying that there was a census and that they had to go from uh, Nazareth to their birthplace, place they were from. The reason they went to Bethlehem is because Joseph was from Bethlehem. Okay, and so he had to go back to where he was from, and they had to, it's almost like you have to go back to where you registered. And so they were doing a census, and so they had to go, and none of this was an accident. This was all prophesied. This was all God's plan and God's works. And so he says, I, I need them to come down from Nazareth, and why the journey we don't know, but I see it as a picture of our journey. That the fact that they had to come from so far down, amen, and they had to walk down from a place very far away to another place to fulfill the prophecy was the picture of our journey that we're on. From the day we give our lives to Jesus to the day we end our lives, breathing our last breath or standing before Jesus in the rapture, amen, there's something that goes on there and it happens and it's called the journey. Now think about this. Joseph and Mary's hardships would have began tonight, as I mentioned, a week before the birth of Jesus. 
from Nazareth. Now, they're up in the north part of, of Israel, and they're traveling out of Galilee to register for this moment, Roman census. And I said they traveled 90 miles. But what I want you to get an understanding of is the grueling trip that they had to take. I want to give you just a few, st- few uh, 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 stats. Some people, this is crazy to think about this, back in that time we know that there were only donkeys and only horses and they walked. They didn't have no cars, obviously. And so they would, on average, travel 20 miles in a day. That's a lot. That's probably like from here to Carrollton, where other churches. That's a long ways to travel, amen? That's a long ways. And as they're traveling that every day, they had a journey. So you can imagine Joseph is with his pregnant wife, who he's still not 100% sure in totally convinced, I'm sure, that it's not somebody else's besides God's. Okay, put yourself in those shoes. And he's now finding out that she's pregnant and at the nine months, and all of a sudden, oh, I got to go 90 miles with my pregnant wife. Picture that. Sometimes we think, man, I got I to gotta go to my car. I got to put clothes on. You know, I got to wash laundry. He had to take his wife that's pregnant. You know, it's a big deal when you take your wife to the hospital when she's pregnant. You got to get all the clothes and got to do all this. I mean, it's a big ordeal, right? He's got to go 90 miles on a donkey, okay, with this woman who's just a teenager. And, and they, they, this, is, this, is, this, is the, this is the road before them. And, and again, I see this as our road. As we look down that road a long ways, amen, it's way, way down there. And sometimes it seems like, man, this is a long road. Am I ever really going to get there? Don't you think Joseph thought about that before he started? He thought, God, do I really have to go all the way down there? Do I really have to do this? And he looks ahead to the, to the end and he says, yes, I've got to do this because I'm part of God's journey. I've got a destiny and I've got a purpose on this earth. Amen. So they set out. So the, 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 the statistics tell us that there's no way they could travel 20 miles with her being pregnant. That was an average. So they probably traveled 10 miles a day. So 90 miles would take about nine days. That's why I said tonight, you picture they're setting out tonight, and all the days that go on between now and Christmas, I hope on Christmas you think about this just for a second, and you think, man, this entire last week they've been traveling. They've been traveling this entire I, I know that like when I know people are traveling, like pastor, or I've gone to Africa or whatever, or, or you drop someone off at the airport, and they're going to go on a decently long trip, you know, I, or, or even from Costa Rica when there's... Um, uh, uh, what's it called, uh, layovers and, and, and changing planes. You know, sometimes it could take a day. And so I've been going through my day before, and I've dropped some of the airport, and I think, man, I dropped them off at 7 o'clock this morning, and I've gone through my whole day. And then in the afternoon, I think, man, they're just now getting there. You know, I think of all the time that lapses. So just think of this over this next week. By the time you're celebrating Christmas, just think Mary and Joseph just got there. They just got there on the donkey. And it says that the trip would go down through the Judean desert. And the thing is, is that this was wintertime. And as they're going through this, you know, we, we think about the cold. We walk out to a, if you don't like the cold, you walk out, or the hot, don't matter. But you walk out to that extreme temperature. And, and again, here in the United States, we got to go from the building to the car. And the car to the mall, or the mall 
to the job or the job to the house to the house, whatever. We're, I mean, we got that little bit of distance. We got to go from air condition to air condition or heat to heat. They're about to go 90 miles with nothing. And it says, believe it or not, that in that part, a great part of the trip, it might have taken two or three days that the temperatures would drop down into the 30s. Now, 30s is cold anywhere. But it's real cold when you're outside and not in the car. And you're pregnant. And it's all day. Every day. For three days. And there's a section where there's a lot of rain. So they're probably getting wet. And Joseph's having to stand by this donkey, make sure his girl's good, make sure she's covered up, make sure the baby's not getting sick inside. I mean, it's an ordeal. I want you to think about the journey tonight. And they begin to go over some unpaved, hilly trails, harsh weather, where not only things they face on their journey, then they come to some terrifyingly dangerous areas. How many have ever been going and you get to a place where you know this is a dangerous place and you want a detour? Right? You think, okay, I heard the crime is pretty high here. I'm going to go just, I'm just going to put my turn signal on and I'm just going to take it around and I'm going to go a different block. Well, they couldn't do that because they were on a donkey. And the detour would have been another day. So they had to go through some really dangerous places. Guys, how many guys have ever taken your wife or your daughters into a place that's dangerous? Right? I mean, it's scary. And you got you to gotta think, man, I got to protect this person. And, and they, re- they didn't have guns to shoot back. And he's taking them through this dangerous place, places that are now today Palestine. Okay? It was just as dangerous back then. They had the caravans. They had people uh, robbing and stealing. And, and he's taking his little teenage girl pregnant with God through all this stuff. Okay? So every day that goes on between now and next week, you just picture that. And then they get to the next place where they start thinking, man, um, I, you know, now I've gone through the, the rain and the cold. I've gone through the hilly mountains. I've gone through the ups and downs, no paved roads. Uh, and also as they stopped places, they didn't have a lot of money. I don't know if they slept outside or what, but they didn't have no Motel 6 to stop in. Regardless, it, it, what they would usually do is they would find a family to stay with. As, you know, they would know family and they would stay with family or obviously they would go to what they called the inn and they would stay those places. But that was, for, it, it, here's the thing, just like when you're traveling, if you stay at a hotel or a motel, what are you doing? Wasting time, right? right? If you're trying to get someplace, every moment you're staying in that motel or hotel is keeping you from getting to the, to the place you need to be. And the fear is that in many moments that she could give birth and they got to get to Bethlehem. Then you hear the next, the next part, is that one of the, one of the parts in uh, in uh, ancient Palestine was heavily forested, and what's in forests? Animals. So they had to go some, through some really and listen. They weren't driving in a car through the heavily forested areas. They weren't like driving over the curves and go, "Hey, look at that bear," and waving at it, like I waved to the lion in Africa sitting in between glass and I. You know, glass was between me and the lion. They were on a donkey. Joseph was walking. So if they heard bears, they had to fend them off. What a journey. Okay? This is God inside Mary's stomach. You know, he could have just bypassed all that. But God's different. Then, the last thing we think of before they ever get to the manger, 
is they had to bring their own provisions. There was no Chick-fil-A to stop at. There was no drive-thru to stop at. Hey, you hungry, honey? Yeah, let's just pull in this drive-in and get something to eat, and we'll just keep driving. They had to take food for nine days, eight days travel with the donkey, with the pregnant woman, with the clothes to keep them dry and wet. There was no dryer. There was no washer. I mean, that was it. Y'all following me? I'm trying my very best to just give you a little bit of an idea of the journey that they took to get to the manger. It says they carried a lot of bread. A bread don't last too long. But they said breakfast would be dried bread. Lunch would be bread with oil. And dinner would be bread with herbs and oil. Mix it up, man. So bread, just regular bread, bread with oil, bread with herbs and oil. So they got to dinner, and they said, whip out the herbs, baby. Whip out the Chick-fil-A sauce. We're going to eat some good dinner, amen? That was their food for nine days to finally get to the place where the manger was. And then we see the end of the story. As they get there, what happens? There's not even a nice place to stay. And I was telling my friend today, I believe with all my heart that was planned. It wasn't like they got there and it was a mess up in the story. And oops, there's no room at the end. Because God wanted to go to the very lowest of lowest places. And they probably would have stayed with family first, but with all the people in the family, like a family reunion, going in. How many know there's a lot of stuff in one place? There's no hotel rooms. It blows me away when I see all these hotels and they're actually full. I don't know how in the world all these hotels can be full. I don't know who's staying in them. You ever, you ever been shocked when you hear the hotel's full? Hundreds of rooms and you're thinking, how? There's another one right across the street. And there's another one right down the street and they're all full. How? Because all these people are coming to one place. Well, they got there and everything was taken. And listen, they were special, but they weren't special yet. God was in her stomach, but he hadn't come out yet, and they hadn't got no fanfare, and they weren't being treated. And the crazy thing was, except for those mad guys giving him some gifts, Jesus never was treated good. So there was no room at the inn. No room. He said, you can't stay here. We have a little manger where our sheep and our donkeys stay. I was studying up on that a little bit today, and I realized that the, mo- the animals that would have been at that place were sheep and donkeys. Sheep and donkeys. Do you know that those are probably two of the smell? All animals smell, obviously, but those are two of the smell. Sheep stink. You ever been around sheep? You ever been around donkeys? So there's Jesus around some of the stinkiest animals. And that's where they stay. And then finally, the last thing is the fact that now they're there. They finally got there after this journey. Can you even imagine how tired they were? We have no tired in our tired meter to know what tired was. Come on. Because we'll go on a vacation. We'll go in a car somewhere. We'll go in a plane somewhere. We'll stay in a hotel somewhere. Or we'll go out and hunt somewhere. Whatever it is you do for recreation. And whenever you do all that stuff, you get back and you go, oh, I'm tired from vacation. Right? Don't we do that? And we need a vacation from vacation. We need a rest from our rest. Well, they hadn't rested. That wasn't a vacation. They had traveled And now, after nine days on a donkey, she has to give birth. And she wasn't at Denton Regional. She wasn't in a hospital room. She was in a manger. 
Oh, my water broke. Oh, let me go get, let me go get some sheets for you. Let me get some towels for you. Let, no, they're in a manger. Where's the, where's the running water? Where's the sterilization? I mean, I'm just trying to throw out a few crazy things on the journey. And the rest is history. Amen. Musicians, you can come tonight. Why would I say all that? Because we need to look deeper into things and not read a story and go, oh, wow, look at what happened. Because when you really realize if you've ever done anything in this world that matters, it took work. You ever notice that? If, you've done, if you have a good marriage, it takes work. If you have good kids, it takes work to raise them. If you have a good job, it takes work to keep it. If you have anything good, it takes work. And we're not saved by works tonight, but man, Jesus and God and Mary and Joseph did work to get salvation to us. Amen? So I hope in the way that I presented this tonight, you will just get a little piece of what the journey was like 2,000 years ago. And every day that goes by, I want you to think about that journey going on. Tomorrow, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Every day that goes by, I want you to think back to this message. And I want you to think, man, every day that's been going on, Jesus, Joseph and Mary have been traveling on a donkey. When you're sitting on a couch or when you go home tonight in your car, I want you to think about Joseph and Mary on a donkey. And when I say Joseph and Mary, I'm talking about your Savior. Your Lord, Jesse. Amen. I'm not talking about just a person. I'm talking about God. God came down into this world in flesh and endured all that. And that wasn't even the cross. That was just to be born. That was just to start the dash that was Jesus. Jesus.